Hello, this is another episode of the BMJ Sexually Transmitted Infection podcast series. My name is Fabiola Martin. I am the BMJ STI podcast editor and sexual health, HIV and HTLV specialist based in Brisbane and senior research fellow at the School of Public Health at University of Queensland. Today, we will talk about transmission, diagnosis and management of MPX, also referred to as monkeypox, We will also review the UK community and World Health Organization's perspective on this virus. Here with me are Dr. Lisbeth van Gestel, MD clinical researcher at the Tropical Institute of Antwerp, Belgium, and Mr. Simon Collins, director and co-founder of HIV iBase London, UK, as well as Dr. Meg Doherty, the World Health Organization's Director of Global HIV, Hepatitis and STI programs. Hello and welcome. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to our podcast. Could you please tell us a little bit about your work? Hi, Fabiola. Thank you for having me. I'm a medical doctor. And since the beginning of July, I've been leading the MPX outbreak team at the Tropical Institute at Antwerp. We make clinical decisions, we conduct MPX clinical research, and we support the national implementation of the MPX vaccination. And we also support the teams dealing with the MPX endemic regions in DRC Congo. Fantastic. Thank you, Lisbeth. Simon, welcome back. Could you please tell us again a little bit about what you do? Thanks, Fabiola. I'm an HIV-positive community advocate in London, UK, uh, where I write about HIV care and related issues including COVID and MPX. I work as a community representative on several clinical trials and I write about latest research. Thank you, Simon. Hello, Meg. Welcome to our podcast. May I ask you to please provide us with a brief overview of your responsibilities? Thank you, Fabiola. I'm an infectious disease specialist and epidemiologist and the director of the Global HIV, Hepatitis and STI programs at WHO in Geneva, Switzerland. We bring our HIV lens to the monkeypox outbreak work to ensure equitable access to the testing, diagnostics, vaccinations, and other harm reduction and prevention measures that are needed for treatment of monkeypox. Thank you. Thank you, Meg, and thank you all. Lisbeth, I was going to start with you. Could you tell us a little bit about this virus? What is this virus? How do we catch it? Who has been predominantly affected by it? Yes, MPX is an orthopox virus, like the camelpox virus, the cowpox virus, and the better-known smallpox virus. We distinguish two clades. We have the clade 1, formerly known as a Central African clade, and clade 2, which we called the Western African clade. Actually, we've known of this virus for a long time. MPX was discovered first in laboratory primates in Denmark in 1958 but we had to wait for the first diagnosis in human till 1970. That was made in a nine-month-old boy in DRC Congo. And thereafter, MPX has been endemic in 11 African countries. From time to time, we've identified some MPX non-endemic outbreaks in other countries. And those transmissions were mostly related to travel or due to contact with or consumption of infected bushmeat. And then in May 2022, the MPX global outbreak was identified. And this was with an unusual large number of new infections. It was much higher than the total number reported since the discovery of the virus. 
And now we also see a different pattern in mode of transmission, in key population affected, and in the clinical presentation. The global burden of the MPX epidemic is carried mostly by and specifically gay, bisexual, or men who have sex with men. Women and children are rarely infected with MPX. In the endemic regions, the transmission was predominantly zoonotic, whereas now we see that the transmission is mostly through close physical and sexual contact. Patients, they present with general symptoms of fatigue, fever, specific distribution of a papular rash that evolves into blisters. But now in this outbreak, we see more anogenital lesions and complications like proctitis, urethritis, and tonsillitis. Symptoms that we do not usually encounter in endemic regions. It's very interesting that also about one third of the MPX patients also have another STI. Yeah, thank you. So what happens when one catches this virus? Can it be cured? Well, luckily, MPX is a self-limiting viral infection and full recovery is expected within two to four weeks. Though there is no MPX-specific antiviral treatment available, there is access to antivirals such as Ticovirumet, which is FDA and EMA approved to manage serious MPX infections. The good news is that currently several clinical trials are assessing the efficacy of different antivirals against MPX. When we review a patient in our clinic, we inform them about the natural clinical course of this infection. And it is that lesions normally last for two to four weeks and then systemic symptoms like fever, myalgia, headache can be present for several days. The treatment we prescribe is primarily to manage the symptoms such as the fever and the pain and especially the anorectal pain in patients with proctitis, which can be very severe. We also aim to prevent superinfections of the lesions. And then we test and treat also the patients for the, any other STIs, such as gonorrhea, chlamydia, or syphilis. This is fantastic and clearly a gold standard of uh, clinical practice. Do you remember the first case you diagnosed? Was the MPX infection obvious and easy to diagnose? Yes, I do. And the first case I saw was a very challenging one. The patient was a cis man who has had sex with several men two weeks earlier. And then a week after sex, he felt ill. He had fever for three days and some headache. And after another two days, three days, he discovered a small lesion on his penis. The next day, he had a large swelling of his penis, followed by more lesion on his penis and scrotum. The lesions turned then into ulcers with a typical umbilication and a swollen inguinal glands. He had to be sent to the emergency department immediately because of the acute paraphimosis, a complication we sometimes see in people with penile MPX. This case showed a lot of signs and symptoms typical of the full picture of MPX infections. But many, many patients only have a few lesions or only anal pain due to acute proctitis. And then others present with a general rash and more than 100 lesions, which is very rare. So the presentation can vary hugely. Wow, I, I see. So ideally, the more you see, the better you become as a clinician. Thank you so much, um, Elizabeth. If I could move to Simon with my next question, 
Simon, how do people best protect themselves from catching this virus? I know you're based in UK, but yeah, what would be the advice in the UK? So as with other aspects of MPEX, information changes over the last few months and it will continue changing. Uh, for example, as vaccines become more available. But the best general advice is just to slow down your social life for a month or two, just for a short time, until we understand a bit more about how uh, the vaccines work and how effective they are. So although in theory it's a virus that anyone can catch, the current outbreak is connected to social networks of gay and bisexual men. Uh, so social settings where it's easy to have close physical contact with other gay men would include a risk for MPX. Cutting back on saunas, dark rooms, house parties, or other places where it's easy to have anonymous sex or multiple partners is the best way to reduce your risk. And whether or not you have sex is not really the issue. You're in a setting where the lighting's low and it's easy to have contact. And it's quite an infectious virus. Uh, so someone can easily be infectious without realising it. So using a condom is unlikely to help. For example, the virus could be on someone's hand when they touch you or, or when they put on a condom. Uh, some people have been developing, especially over the summer, develop social bubbles similar to during COVID-19. This includes trusting the partners in the bubble uh, to know whether they recently had a high risk and there might be an early infection. Vaccines could change this a lot. If we get results showing very high efficacy and levels of protection, uh, but vaccines only provide limited protection after one shot, and it also takes a while for that protection to kick in. So in the UK, we say up to four weeks to get the strongest vaccine response before you think that you're safe. Mm, and that is that is a long period of time. Yeah, I like the phrasing of social bubbles. And so how do you think or do we, do we have advice on how people who are infected and know about the infection, obviously, protect others from also catching MPX? So I'd actually say four weeks is a short time. It's, let's not make it more difficult than it is because uh, you, know, you could take a break and do other things and, and this, this pause I think is important. But protecting others involves being aware of general symptoms like fever or just feeling tired within a week or two of having sex, especially with a new partner. Watch out for new spots or a rash or something which can easily be very mild. It could be as mild as an insect bite. If you're feeling unwell and this is getting worse, then in the UK, we call one of the phone line services to ask for advice. So don't go to the doctor, call a phone line so that you're not putting health workers at risk. If you do have monkeypox, contact a doctor, but stay home. Uh, take care to protect your close contacts as well. So there's special advice on this. We've got a new study called Platinum, which has just uh, enrolled, uh, where you can get access to Tecoviramat, which is the antiviral that might help. It could help you recover more quickly and be less infectious. Uh, so read online advice about protecting anyone in your household, including your pets. In the UK, self-isolation can then be relaxed a little after the fever is gone, so long as you cover the lesions. And people are also being asked to use condoms even after the ulcer's clear. And this is a caution, really, until we know more about whether the virus takes longer to clear from sexual fluids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And which challenges has the community as such been facing? And how can we overcome these together? So thanks. Uh, we had a lot to deal with in a very short time. Mm. Uh, and nobody really expected this. 
So the best responses have come really from including community and healthcare workers together in deciding the best way to put out messaging. We saw a handful of cases increase to hundreds of cases within a few weeks, uh, and then over the next month became thousands, and it also became spread more across the country rather than just being centralised in the capital. Mm. Holding data reported the chance of asymptomatic transmission, awareness of the risk that the MPX is in saliva, so that covers kissing and oral sex, uh, cases where sexual transmission were clearly possible, the big discussion about this, uh, and that severe cases are serious and painful, and it's worth avoiding MPX. As we learned that monkeypox was real, difficult, and needs self-isolation, which is difficult, uh, people change their risk, and I think that's responsible for why the cases dropped. Uh, one challenge was to get accurate information to men who were at the highest risk without alarming everybody else uh, where there was a very low risk in the general population. And this involved two sets of messaging. And luckily, we were very successful, I think, in coming through this without generating a social backlash. Mm. Yeah, I'm very impressed regionally as well, globally, with how we have managed a, you know, support and information around MPX. And I think, you know, people were maybe perfectly prepared for another round of, you know, problems, uh, communicable problems arising after the COVID um, hit us. So, yeah, thank you, Simon. That was really helpful. And I move to my uh, last but not least um, interview today. Meg, thank you for joining us. And in your opinion, what are the hurdles for public health providers and policymakers to contain MPX? Firstly, I want to mention that as of October 7th, we have over 71,000 laboratory confirmed cases that have been reported to WHO, including 26 deaths across 107 countries. So although there's been a decrease in the weekly number of cases globally by 16.8%, driving downward the global trend observed since August, we still know that we're starting to see MPX in new countries and infecting new populations, for example, in congregate settings, such as there have been recent reports of MPX spreading in an internally displaced people and refugee camp in Sudan. So we have to keep our eyes out for all the outbreak elements um, as they go forward. In the WHO database, we see nearly 50% of those reported having monkeypox as also living with HIV. And although many people have self-limiting infection that was described so nicely earlier, we need to be on the outlook to prevent severe MPX by ensuring that all people living with HIV have access to ARVs, that they have a suppressed viral load and access to vaccination if available to them for MPX. The WHO goal is to stop transmission of MPX in all settings and to work towards its elimination. So we need to be working at a much faster pace to introduce the public health measures of one, supported isolation for those with symptoms for two to four weeks, as we heard earlier, or until all the lesions have crusted and scabbed and fallen off. Two, testing and diagnosis, especially for those with very few symptoms. Three, prevention of via harm reduction, such as reducing partners as per Simon's suggestions and vaccination where available. And four, treatment for those in need. 
Just recently, there was a morbidity and mortality weekly report that stated that after a single dose of vaccine, unvaccinated person had a 14-fold greater risk of acquiring MPX than those who are vaccinated. So we'll need to follow this as more data will be available soon on the efficacy of vaccination in the real world settings. And either vaccination as pre or post exposure prophylaxis and prevention could be part of a public health toolbox. So I'm optimistic that we can control the MPX. I hope we can work hard to eliminate it. I uh, like the two words, optimistic and work hard. So, oh, three words. So that's great. Well, thank you, uh, Meg. And um, in your opinion, what are your predictions about the prevalence of this virus? And do you expect that in future, every young person would need to be vaccinated against MPX, you know, similar to the HPV vaccine that we use now? Well, thanks for that very easy question, Fabiola. I wish I had a crystal ball to make the perfect prediction, but I don't. But in my best guess, it is that we will see MPX in some communities for time to come. At WHO, we call this a sexually transmissible infection, though there are several ways to be infected with MPX, as we heard earlier from our colleagues. In this most current outbreak, the majority of MPX has been diagnosed among men who have sex with men and after sexual encounters. So although while the prevalence is decreasing in some networks, we are starting to see the virus extend into new networks. As I mentioned, mm-hmm. we're seeing more women and now those in congregate settings. Soon, there will be more information available about the efficacy of two monkeypox vaccines, and we will decide if they should be included in the regular vaccination schedule. If one interdermal or uh, dose of the Bavaria Nordic monkeypox vaccine provides protection, then we could develop a more regular vaccination program or offer this in sexual health clinics or perhaps in HIV prep clinics or as we move forward. Still, we must ensure that there's greater knowledge about the virus, that there's reduction around stigma and an effort to test and diagnose cases. And to be able to achieve this, I think we want to be able to see that there is access to adequate treatment like the Tecomir that, that we heard about earlier for a severe disease. So overall, I'm hoping that we won't be living with this for years and have to vaccinate like HPV vaccine. But I do recognize that we're going to have to be on our guard and watching this as a new sexually transmissible infection in the future. Thank you. Yeah, I think we have had all so many vaccines lately. I feel a bit like a um, pincushion. And also we have had recent information about a new Moderna COVID vaccine. So yeah, it would be good if we could simplify our lives a little bit. I hope your predictions will come true, Meg. Well, thank you all for sharing your wisdom. And uh, we are coming to the end of our podcast. Simon, do you have a short parting message for our listeners? Yeah, sure. If monkeypox cases are still high, um, please continue reducing your risks. That's the best way to stay safe. Stay up to date with new information, which is changing, especially about the vaccines. And talk about monkeypox with your friends. Uh, look after your and your partner's health. Thank you. And Lisbeth, how are you? A final message for our listeners? Yes. Uh, remember, MPX infection is often a mild and self-limiting infection. 
But nevertheless, severe disease with painful complications is possible. So the best protection from MPX has to be raising awareness and agreeing to be vaccinated against MPX. Thank you, Lisbeth. Meg, any final wisdom from you? Yes, thank you. We urgently must ensure that all low and middle income countries have similar access to MPX management and prevention tools, similar to those implemented successfully in Europe and North America. We also must scale up access to vaccination to achieve elimination. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, the message is clear. We need to raise awareness of MPX, improve access to rapid diagnosis and management of people suffering from MPX, reduce stigma and healthcare inequality regionally and across the globe, and we need to implement effective vaccination programs. I'm Fabiola Martin, and here with me today are Dr. Meg Doherty, the World Health Organization's Director of Global HIV, Hepatitis and STI programs, and Dr. Lisbeth van Gestel, MD, Clinical Researcher at the Tropical Institute of Antwerp, Belgium, and Mr. Simon Collins, Director and Co-Founder of HIV iBase London, UK. Do follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and your preferred listening app and send us your comments. We will be back soon. For now, goodbye and stay safe.